0: Entering the summer of 2019, 542 Americans had run a mile in less than four minutes. Last Friday evening, on the rain-soaked Meredith College track in Raleigh, North Carolina, James Quattlebaum added himself to that prestigious list by running a 358.6 mile at the Sir Walter Miler. James became only the fourth South Carolinian in this elite club. We interviewed James after the race for his perspective on the event, his training leading up to the race, and his goals moving forward. Before bringing in James, we would like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Mizuno Running. Our friends at Mizuno helped coordinate with the Sir Walter Myler in making James' pursuit of his dream a reality. If you like a soft, super plush running shoe, check out their all-new Wave Sky Wave Knit 3. The updated Wave Shadow 3 gives you a lower profile, more responsive ride, and Mizuno just released the 23rd edition of their classic training stalwart, the Wave Rider. All are now available at the Upstate's running specialist, Run In. Now here's our conversation with the Upstate's newest Sub-4 miler. James, welcome to Seconds Flat. How you doing, bud? I'm good. It's great to have you. How you feeling now, as Mr. 358.6? I feel
1: great. I'm a little tired. I've had uh, just haven't slept much in the last couple days. You know.
0: Describe the feeling in the home stretch. Friday night, you approach the finish line, and you know you're going to break the four-minute barrier. What are the first things going to your head? How do you feel?
1: I don't know. I was just uh, really excited for everybody who's helped me get to that point and myself. I'm really proud of that accomplishment, but it really hurt that last hundred. (laughs) But all those fans there just screaming at your face really makes it
0: just so special and a race unlike any other one that I've really been a part of. Yeah, the environment was, was pretty awesome there with people down on the track, uh, for anybody who hasn't seen the video, you can get it on FlowTrack. You can watch all the races, and they're down right on you in the outside lanes and on the inside of the track in a really unique environment. We're going to go with a unique approach to this episode as well, because we're going to turn most of the questions over to our man Benji here. hey yo. Benjamin is going to guide us here as James walks through the race and the training and then I'll pop in a little bit on perspective as coach through that training and through that race as well. So Benjamin, it's all yours. Ask away to young Mr. Quattabong. Yeah,
2: so no better place to start than the beginning. So what sparked this dream? When did you know this was the goal you wanted uh, as you entered your post-collegiate career as a runner?
1: Well... It was always my dream to break four minutes in high school. I don't know if that always seemed super realistic to everybody else, but I knew I always had it. I was a 4.17, I think, miler in high school, so 18 seconds is still a good bit, but you know, I knew that based off what I was doing in high school and what I thought my potential was and how hard I'm willing to work, that it was gonna be there. I didn't get the chance to run the mile very often at Clemson and in college, so came out, really wanted to do that, took um, the fall to put some miles on my legs, and I knew that wasn't, you know, the immediate goal, and I needed to do stuff to prepare to break for, so ran a, a bunch of miles, tried to run a fast 8K, but got sick right before, took a little break, and then started preparing for that, and um, it's always been the dream, so...
0: When, was there a moment when it shifted for you from the dream, as you just said, mm-hmm. to feeling like I really think I can do this? Do you remember a time when you said, you know what, I'm I'm ready to break four? So,
1: the first time that I really thought that was at Clemson. I did this incredible workout right before ACCs my sophomore year. I did a mile three broken miles, and then another mile. Started off at around 4.28 pace, I think, right around 4.30 pace. Had a lot of rest in between everything, and everything was about 4.28. Work it down to that's 67 per lap. Work it down to 65 for the next couple sets. So it went mile, two eights, four fours two-eighths mile and then I I was feeling pretty good so I, I said I'm gonna run 409 and everybody said no you're not and I ran a 409 at the end of the workout and that was more of a 5k workout but I was like I just ran four miles pretty hard before this so if I'm able to run a 409 I should be able to break four at some point and then I was focusing more on other events and just never really had the opportunity like I did this weekend. So Sure. The stars aligned. Mm -hmm. And then it became more reasonable. I ran my college PR my sophomore year, but it became more reasonable once I ran in Atlanta this season. I ran a 4.05, and they started the race 30 minutes early, so I literally got back from my— 15-minute run beforehand, and they were lining up, and I was like, oh, crap, I got to get out there. (laughs) Had no time and was really stressed out because of that, and pace was a little slow, and then ran 4.05, so that was a two-second improvement, Then I went 4.03 a couple weeks later. I was like, you know, I think I still got a lot left. I ran that 4.03 not the best way, so... After those two, I was like, you know, this is coming this year. Uh, It's not going to be a couple-year goal. It's going to be this year.
2: Yeah, so you mentioned you didn't PR from your sophomore year of college until just recently. Could you walk us through the training that you feel like led up to that finally being notched down some? Because I'm sure that had been a weight on your shoulder through the rest of college. It's like, ah, my PR is from sophomore year. Yeah, so... Didn't
1: run the mile very much, so that may have been part of it. I'd run workouts and then have like a mile race at the end of the workout. And I'd run some pretty decent times. Um, The training at Clemson was, was good, and I was having some good training, but I feel like I didn't do at that point of time as much strength work as I've done now. I do more tempos in the... You know, I'm training for a mile, but I'm going out and there'll be times where I run eight miles at a hard tempo around five flat. And when I was at Clemson, we were focusing more on race specific pace. So we go mile pace, 5k pace, or like steeplechase pace. And it was not really building my strength as much. I feel like it was more hit or miss with my workouts and races And I just couldn't put it all together. Um, So I feel like the training now is more strength and then paired with a bunch of fast stuff to put that pace in my legs and make it feel, feel a little easier.
0: Yeah, I would say looking over the course of the past year as we plotted where you were headed, I wanted to build on his strengths and improve a few weaknesses because at every level every runner has some weakness that we can improve. When I looked at the strengths I, I think anybody who has watched James run will see he looks really smooth. Regardless of the pace the change of gears is very subtle and you feel like you can run it all day. The mile involves incredible pace to run under four minutes but it's still a highly aerobic event. And so what he just mentioned and some of that strength stuff, and then combined with, I think, maybe playing on a weakness was we did some some more hill repeats and some stuff like that that probably hadn't been as central in the training just to get a little more power, a little more pop. You know, afterwards, after the race, he told me, like, I felt like... 358, in his words, he said, wasn't super difficult. It was just that I had just maxed out on speed. It was, it was a comfortable pace, but I couldn't move my legs any faster. We, we tried to play to that strength sum, and, and then on the flip of that, it was for me learning what he could do to, to kind of change the structure of what he had done before to make him more successful, but in a way that was comfortable for him. Because as we've said on here before, sometimes just doing what you haven't done in training can be really valuable. And so we had just took some tweaks, but then I also had to be willing to say, what do you like to do? What's been valuable for you? How can we incorporate that and, and get a good balance of those things?
2: So you add in some new elements, some more strength stuff, some hills, longer tempos. For you in this buildup, what was the toughest part of training?
1: The toughest part of training, I had a few setbacks. I ran a 1500 in Athens at University of Georgia and I tweaked my calf. And then I did the same thing again the race before the Sir Walter race. And it was really just being confident that I was going to manage Uh, doing the right thing and not putting myself in a bigger hole, but still maintaining my fitness and even getting more fit. Straining my calf, I couldn't really do any speed work, and I had to just deal with that. Before Sir Walter, I would have preferred to do more speed work than I did, and I was a little nervous. I did a lot of 5K, 10K pace stuff and a tempo, And I was a little nervous because it was three weeks, which is a pretty big training period where I wasn't hitting too much at that mile pace. And I thought maybe I needed to sharpen a little bit, but everything worked out fine. I think I could have run a little faster at Sir Walter if I had done some of that speed stuff, but the whole goal is to break four and... I accomplished that. So for, for right now, my mile time I'm super happy with. I couldn't be happier. That's my you know,
0: happiest achievement with running so far. To, to James' point there, that was July 13th at D.C. when he strained his calf there in the mile. And I'm looking at the training log I had planned for July 14th through August 1st the time in between the two races, and I have a lot of lines through stuff replaced with other things. I see that, you really do. And that's because, as he said, the original plan was more sharpening as opposed to what we ended up with. But two points to that. One, getting to the line healthy is the single most important thing for any athlete. Get him to a spot over those couple weeks where he just felt good about his body prepared to run. And then, two, I would look to the block right before that mile in d c and say there were some workouts there that would indicate he was already prepared and was going to do this at any moment. You know, for he said, "When did it become reality for him? It was some of these workouts moving through even from back in college To me, having been around him for less time, I'd point out two occasions where one was in a race when he ra- ran and won the 10K at Reedy River. And to me, that was so significant because it's not an easy course. And you were bouncing back off of a performance at the bridge run yeah. in Charleston that did not go how you wanted. And a response to that, to come back and race the way you did, I that to me flipped a switch and said, he's got the toughness that I think he needs to win. And then the second piece would be, if I was going to pick a a workout, on the 1st of July, we did 200s at 29 seconds with 29 seconds rest. And I said, essentially, we're going to go until we can't do this anymore. And after 16 reps, I cut him off. And I think he could have kept going, but we had accomplished everything we wanted, and he handled it really well. And he was starting to show a little bit in the recoveries that it it was getting tough. But to me, that was a sign Bad of... Bad man's workout right there. <laughs> it was. He was He was ready to roll at that point.
2: Awesome. So in your shoes as coach, and he has this nagging calf injury reoccurring, that's, you've dealt with calf injuries ever since I've known you the last 10 years. Yeah, my
1: calves have hurt me a little bit. There was times where I'd run easy with Ben and uh, get four miles in, and I'd have to stop and massage my calves and... Ben I was being a baby, but it was a real thing. <laughs> yeah, so yeah.
2: how do you have this perspective of risk versus reward and knowing what workout to pull for him after that, what was it, July 13th? Yeah. Uh, that it really got sour how'd you know what to pull or like, should you pull any workout out for him?
0: Yeah. So w- one thing we discussed was what did he feel comfortable with? What does his body feel prepared for? And he said, you know, I can do work at a 10 K, five K, maybe three K pace. And so what I tried to do then was construct that in a way that we could move down in pace, almost extending the warm-up. warm-up the, the last workout you did, right? We had a 10 minute tempo at the beginning and Frankly, it was a bit of a glorified warm-up to to get his body prepared for something a little faster coming along the way. Uh, With that said, I mentioned this to James a week ago, one week out from the race, and, and I'm not someone who really wants to use workouts as indicators or compare them to what anybody else has done, but one week out from the race, we used a workout that it kind of evolved during the session as it went on the track where we did some intervals at 10K pace, and then we had some 400s and 200s that progressed from just slightly slower than mile pace to slightly faster. And I went back and looked through some logs I had and and training journals from other folks, and when we looked at the amount of volume he did that day, the pace he did it at, and the rest he used in between, although it was constructed slightly differently, it was essentially The identical workout to what Drew Hunter did one week before he ran 357.8 indoor in high school to break four. That's awesome. As as a 17 or 18 year old, whatever he was. I'm glad that I'm at that level. Yeah. (laughs) I wish I was a little better. Put those names together (laughs) is, is nice. And so I think there was confidence in knowing that, yeah, we had to dial back on some of the sharpening. But look, look what this guy did. You can do that, too. You're ready to do that as well.
2: Great stuff. So we've heard a little bit from Travis about some of the workouts you've done. What do you feel like was the most productive workout you did?
1: I don't think it was just one. I think it was the overall training. Good answer. Um, I mean, I could point to, like, these specific workouts like, like I just did at Clemson where I was like, holy shit, like, I did that. But there is no real holy shit workout at now I mean, those 29s were, were hard, and kept telling Travis he was a bad man <laughs> for what he was doing to me. But anybody can really run 200s, and 29s are, are fast, with, especially with that little rest. But it, nothing s- surpassed my expectation of what I could do. <laughs> I had a couple at Clemson that did that, and I think I may have worked out a little too hard there but nothing surpassed my expectation of what I could really do and what workouts really needed to be done to get to the point where I could
0: run under four minutes. I said good answer because it's about consistency. It's the lesson for everybody, training. One good workout doesn't make you a four minute or five minute or six minute or seven minute miler. It's it's consistency of training. and And in my log of what we look back that he did, I tend to either put a plus, a check, or a minus next to the day. And on the workout days, we started rolling in the late spring and early summer with a lot of pluses.
2: Awesome. All right, let's turn the page to race day. Mm-hmm. So the evening of August 4th, 3rd. 3rd? August 2nd. 2nd? Yes. Wait,
0: what? Yeah. What day are we at? Yeah, it was the 2nd. Friday. Sometime in August. The race day. Race day. Okay, yes. August
2: something. All right, we're in Raleigh it is storming. There's torrential rain. There's Mm -hmm. two weather delays. How does this affect your preparation and then your approach to the race?
1: So overall throughout the day, I was trying to make sure I didn't get nervous. I, that Washington race, uh, I ran four Oh two, the race before, and I was, you know, I was getting into that mindset. Like I could pop, the sub four at any minute now. But some of those people that I'm competing against to help me get there are pretty intimidating names. They're they're really great runners. I ran against a, a 350 miler at Sir Walter and some other guys that were just as close. But that's pretty intimidating no matter what level you're at to run against somebody like that. I was trying not to get too nervous. So I was listening to music all day, went down, talked to my host, and then that... Rain delay, I was in the building talking to a couple athletes and listening to music, trying not to think about it too much. So did that, got out once they finally released us and a couple high schoolers that are uh, I run with a little bit. I, I enjoy being around them and I was so thankful that they came up. They warmed up with me and that took off the nerves and the edge. Um, I was able to just goof around I'm pretty immature, so I fit in pretty well (laughs) with them. So I was able to goof around on that warm-up and not worry about the race. And then uh, there were just so many other factors going in that I wasn't solely focused on the race. I just knew my game plan and knew if I'm on that train, I'm, I'm most likely breaking four. So I just tried not to think about it too much and had some people help me out throughout the way that day
2: describe the race itself take us through lap by lap
1: yeah so it was super wet on the track we started a little late so i was a little nervous about that but super wet on the track starting the race got out really well i was in lane one which i was so thankful for don't have to worry about cutting in or any of that crap and aaron templeton who went to Furman right next to me actually gave me the whole lane one so i was like this is awesome like I'm not bunched in. Normally in these races, you have like 18 guys in eight lanes, so it's more than two people per lane, and you're just squeezing. It sucks, and it's hard to get out well. So got out well. wanted to make sure I just didn't trip up or anything, and I knew it would be a line, so I just wanted to get in line and sort of fell back a little bit the first lap, but that was okay. I think I went through 58 or 59 seconds for that first 400, which is super fast. And then was basically second to last, I think, most most of the first two laps. Just held my position, tried not to do anything dumb and make these moves that were unnecessary and try to go blow it out, run run with the 350 guy, um, Sam, or anybody like that. But just stay in the back and focus on my race and not everybody else's people started fading a little bit so i went up and tried to latch on to the next place and that last lap there was this guy I ran against who went to virginia tech i ran against him at clemson named patrick joseph so i was just staring into his back and trying to hold on to him he's a really amazing runner and um i was able to go with him until about the last hundred and then he he put a little distance on me but um I was just really trying to stay in the moment, stay focused, and get
0: through that. Question first, then a couple comments on what you just said. Was there ever a moment in the second half of the race where you thought sub four might be slipping away? No, I don't think so.
1: I felt relaxed. I felt like I was able to maintain that pace for at least a mile. Like I said, I felt strong. If I had put myself... If I had tried to race it a little differently, I may have run faster, but that wasn't my goal. hmm And I was running at a confident pace that I knew I'd be able to maintain, and I'd be able to close fast enough to achieve my goal. So I don't think... I never
0: felt really too discomfort, too much discomfort. Yeah, that was a question that came from a friend of the show, John Bruno, on Facebook, and... We've been asking some other questions that people sent us through social media that we appreciate, and I like that because I thought 800 meters was a bit of a breaking point in this race because, as you said, about 59 high through the first 400, well, 409, and then about 60-ish in the second lap, and I thought it was a moment where you were near the back, as you said, and you looked good, and it was... How do we move through lap three while staying attached and staying confident? And it's that moment of, am I in over my head here, or am I meant to be here? Funny, that was a song, actually, I was listening to a lot that day.
1: Over My Head by uh, The Frey? Judah and the Lion. Um, oh, yeah. You went old school yeah. with the Frey. Yeah. Now
2: 22. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Just keeps repeating, I'm in over my head. Sort of felt like that before the race, but once I got into it, I... It's like, I'm
2: here.
0: Oh, no. I've seen you scream that in your I'm car good. before. <laughs> and, and watching you at 800 meters, that was what I thought. From the crowd, it was, I felt very confident. To go through the splits, what I had from my angle, or something like 59 high to start, a couple 60-ish numbers, and then down around a 58 to close, and at this whole time we're in a group text message with everybody back home here that I'm trying to send splits every two or four hundred meters to while I'm trying to watch this race and when you hit 200 to go oh, gosh, yeah. and and the and I'm sending the number and everybody's reacting and it was it was very evident to me you were going to close and, and you were going to do it and you were going to celebrate a little bit on the way through the line that was well deserved just little hands to the sky you made it mm-hmm. um, To his point on being nervous before the race, one, that's good. That's natural. It's how everybody out there feels when they're about to run something that matters to them. I could tell right away when I picked him up to go to the track. He was nervous. But my whole thought was, let's just talk. It, It doesn't I mean, we were talking about the dinner the day before and stuff like that, just to kind of get away from the actual race itself a little bit jinxed us Said, oh it's a
1: beautiful day it's not gonna (laughs) rain it's gonna be low 70s perfect weather and
0: i did say that and uh, And then god opened up the clouds it got (laughs) ugly and i had gone out to get some shoes because originally i was gonna warm up with james and and this storm came through and i got stuck in my jeep i didn't even want to get out because it was so nasty and uh kept asking if he had any updates and the moment when i felt like okay the nerves have calmed and he, he seems ready is a little bit before when they set his time he sent me this text because they did a croco mile beforehand yes. where it was, they broke the world record i think of fastest time running in a pair of crocs. I could not believe it was that. I don't think I could run that time in normal was shoes. Was it 435? I think it was four yeah four thirty five. That's five twelve
1: for the women. Yeah and, wow.
0: and James sent me a text he said, crocodile's going off in twenty minutes. You gotta get down here. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right, now we're ready to go. He's he's in a spot that, that he feels good. And uh, yeah it it was a moment then you you break through and I think all that hard work that had built up for so long and all those people who who helped you get there, I just saw in your face all that came out in that moment. The joy you had, it was, for me, it's indescribable even as a guy who was just there watching and getting to share it with you. Uh, I can't even begin to imagine all the feelings you've had in the days since. I, I looked at how did he respond to like a, a bad race earlier in the season. And we reveal a lot in how we respond to adversity, but I think we reveal just as much in how we respond to success. And people have asked me for the past few months, James seems like he's really improving. He seems like he's going to do it any minute. What, what are you guys doing? What's important? All this, And I have said over and over to everyone, what I have seen in the past few months has very little to do with running. It has had more to do with his mental approach and his maturation as a man that we've seen. And you're right. You're still a goofball.
1: I'm a goofball, but when it comes to running, I know exactly what I want, and I know that I have to be mature about it. And in other situations, I'm very mature, and it's very shocking. So (laughs) the difference between just hanging out with me and then me being serious or me running is... Is a day and night.
0: And, and Amen. Yeah, uh, there you go. <laughs> I I don't think a lot of people know that about you, and that is the thing that has most revealed itself to me in the past months. Also, how you handled that moment of success. You know, you can you can watch the interview after the race. You can see what he did. It it's easy to let that success become consuming and make you into a different person, and. I thought you accepted it with incredible humility after that accomplishment, and frankly, that to me should mean just as much as any time that was run there.
2: So after your race, you dedicated Breaking Four for the first time mm-hmm. to your late grandfathers. Yeah, um, could you just talk a little bit about that and kind of their influence in your life and this whole journey?
1: Yeah. So my dad's grandfather's from Greenville. So he'd come to, like, every meet. He had the opportunity to play football at Clemson. So I think me doing a collegiate sport, he kind of lived what he missed through me. He decided to go to Duke and then Duke Law. So he took the academic approach rather than the athletic approach. And he really set up my family to a great position. So... He, he'd been sick with cancer for the last three years. I spent two summers living with him, and he was always so proud of everything I did. I really wish that he could have been there. But I had a pretty rough summer with him passing away and then some other stuff, and I really got focused about running again. Uh, came out of college and I was a little little off focus, wasn't enjoying it as much as I, I had and, um, came out and him passing away, uh, was a big impact on what I want to do. And then right before that, that DC mile, my, my other grandfather passed away. So that came a little more out of the blue. He'd been... My parents had kept telling me he wasn't in the best of health, but I didn't see him um, passing away. And I ran a race on the 4th of July, and then the next day my dad calls me over the house and told me, hey, your, uh, your grandfather just passed away. My mother actually just decided to go down there. They, they had original plans to do some other stuff on the 4th of July, but went down there that day uh, and it, it wasn't expected. Like, this wasn't a big expectation. And my dad told me, you know, grandfather passed away. Your mom's going to be down there for a while. And I knew I had this, these races coming up and just both of their influences on my life and everybody else. I really wanted to do this for other people, not just me. I'm, I don't look at myself as a special person who... um I'm very proud of what I accomplished and I understand not many people can do that, but you know, people come into the store all the time asking me, how do you run this? Or how does it feel? And I, I normally tell them, you know, it's just like you going out and running the mile as hard as you can. Um, I just got blessed with this gift in running while others have other great gifts. And I'm so lucky to... Love what I'm good at, and I'm I'm very lucky to be good at running because I love it.
2: Beautiful. Yeah, we're all definitely proud of you, man. All right. So on a lighter note, what's next?
1: What's next? Uh, Taking the week off, maybe two weeks off. Um, Expectations may change a little bit. I think I'm going to talk about it more with Travis. But my goal is qualify for the Olympic trials in the marathon with a half marathon. Got to figure out where to go. I think I got a good one planned in Florida um, based off of just some initial research, but I don't know. I'm going to do what makes me happiest and puts what I want to accomplish
0: into um, the site scope. Part of the reason that we've worked together is James wanted the ability to pursue races somewhat on his terms and and reach these goals that he had set a long time ago. It's easy to say, well, look what he just did in the mile. Why aren't we focusing there? Why isn't it the 1500? If that's not what he wants, then what good does it do for me to try to drive him toward that? And I think there's something beautiful about... Showing incredible range here, like he wants to do. We're going to potentially in, in less than a year swing that pendulum to what, in my opinion, are two of the cornerstone events of track and field. When I think of watching the Olympics, watching world championships, races from history, you know the 100 meter dash, the mile, the marathon, there's just something special about those. And to try to hit two different ends of that spectrum in one year, I think is it's really great and I think he's got abilities that could lend themselves toward being really good at a half marathon and a marathon. Listen, I I think his 5K PR soft. I, I do too. Yes, yeah, he does yeah. too.
1: I think I think I'm better at I will I will be better at a marathon than I could. I can't close like the top elite milers. I think I can be better at a longer distance event i think the 5k or 10k is probably my sweet spot but i just i haven't tried very often and i haven't ever had a good race on the track (laughs) and i want to after this was my initial thought after everybody told me focus on the mile and i had my other i mean next track season so far away so i doesn't matter if I do this half marathon and qualify. I'm probably gonna go put out a solid effort at trials if I make it, but I not being top three, I'm not training to run a marathon, I don't think, and I think I can run my best event, maybe five K and I would like to make another trials for the track.
2: That was my next question I was about to ask, is if you could see yourself on two Olympic trial start lines this next coming year.
1: I think so. I don't know. Everything's super ambitious, and those are huge goals in themselves. Um, I think I I believe in myself that I can do that, but I think it's a hard goal, and I don't want to downplay those times because they're hard and mm-hmm.
0: But I'm pretty far off for with something. that said though, James, and that's part of why I said that the 5K time might be soft is it's not a criticism. It's honestly, I think you're going to get better at it and it's you know that should motivate you as well. But when when I decided to come on board with you, I chose it not because it was this, oh, how fast can this guy be? It was actually the confidence that he had that he was going to reach this goal. And I never once, as I looked back on this after Friday night over our past year together, I don't ever remember a time when I thought, I wonder if he can actually do this. It was always just, we have to improve by X percent over this amount of time. And we've made these steps. And it was always just about when, not if. Yeah, you know, I thought I'd be
1: this year or next year. And I didn't. I don't even know if I want to do, do it after that, just with the rest of life. I think I got a lot of other parts of my life to live. Yeah, so
0: we'll find out. But I'm very happy that I did it this year. We are going to move to the bell lap. Okay. These are the quick hitters for Jimmy Q. A lot of these were also submitted to us <laughs> via the internets. Alright, uh, favorite race besides Sir Walter that you've done? Tie between pin relays and Texas relays.
1: Uh, both very cool events. Great atmospheres, pin relays, you get a side of it as well with um, the Jamaicans. They're a big part of that race. They travel so well there, and the stands are packed. And it's, it's huge stands, it's not some dinky track meet. Those are some serious events. And then the Texas relays, just Austin is such a beautiful city. It's always cool going there. And I think it's you know, Texas is a really great school. They put on a, some good competitions there and it's I like everything except for the the blazing sun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any nicknames, Jimmy Q, Qualbomb, ones that may not be named.
2: Puke, puke, Jayquat. Yeah, just
1: look up Andy Bernard talking about his college time. That was me Friday night. Call me puke. Favorite roommate, favorite roommate is Lennon, the dog.
0: Oh, he picks the pup.
1: Yeah, I like coming home and seeing him all riled up. I like rallying him up, and
0: it's uh, nice to have a dog in the house. For the women of the Upstate, are you single? I am single. Oh, uh, so I, I don't know if that. Would you say ready to mingle? um
1: uh, mm. <laughs> depends on the woman depends okay. on the pringle so we i have, don't I don't know if i'll find a woman that i'm ready to mingle with in my current status well of life, listen hopefully we said,
0: we said that about benji a year ago and this man's about to get married so that's true there's hope for all of us
1: i'm i'm gonna try to just call out some random girl say i'm gonna marry her at some certain time and try to be in and
2: <laughs> the, the speed around we could just have joint weddings there we I go. tried that that's a didn't amazing. work out uh,
0: uh, your favorite training shoe the Pegasus I've had so many
1: pairs um, that's my easy run shoe my favorite flat is the Nike Streak LT and my favorite spike is the Nike Mamba
0: Do you race in the Mamba I race in the Mamba mm-hmm. James thanks so much for joining us it was great to have you we're so proud of your accomplishment at the Sir Walter Myler in Raleigh last Friday night, culminating a whole bunch of dedication behind the scenes that everybody could take and apply into reaching for their own goals in running and in life. Thanks again, bud. Thank you. That will do it for mile 36 of the Seconds Flat Running Podcast. Thanks again to James for joining us and to Mizuno Running. You can contact the show at secondsflatpodcast at gmail.com. We hope to hear from you soon and see you out on the road on a run here soon. Have a great week.